Cade Mila Falta. Welcome to the Letter from Ireland show, where we travel in the footsteps of your Irish ancestors, visiting their homelands and telling their stories as they put down roots in so many places around the world. Hello and you're very welcome to this week's episode of the Letter from Ireland podcast. This is Mike Collins and today's show is titled The Most Irish of Towns Outside Ireland. And what we're going to do today, folks, is we're going to explore that idea of how a lot of our shared Irish ancestry moved outside Ireland, obviously, but brought a lot of the actual place names with them, a lot of the culture, And indeed, you could argue that many, many towns and cities around the world actually perhaps even kind of keep that sense of Irishness right until today. Now, in today's show, we're going to choose just two towns. One of them is uh, Syracuse in New York, and we're going to tell a story around that. And the other one is actually in uh, further down in the USA, the town of Baltimore, which, believe it or not, is actually an Irish word or a combination of Irish words in the first place. And more on that later. Now, of course, I could have chosen a number of cities and towns around the world, uh, a number of crossroads, I suppose, in the middle of nowhere, many of which are named after local Irish immigrant families, uh, some towns, named after kind of towns back in Ireland and so on and so forth. However, you know, I think the overall point is indeed just to point out how the diaspora, the the, the number of people of Irish descent certainly around the world is a massive multiple of the actual number of people contained on the island of Ireland even today. You know, we're talking about, I think our population in the Republic of Ireland just hit 5 million there very recently. And, you know, I, you go to North America alone, you're probably talking about 80 million people recognising themselves as being of primarily Irish descent. So, you know, I think we're on fairly safe ground there when we talk about the Irish diaspora. And we start to bring your attention to those most Irish of towns outside Ireland. A bit tongue-in-cheek there. But we're going to tell a couple of stories and we do hope you enjoy them. We have some very nice music to accompany today's episode as well. And all of the music today is actually from that, well indeed, members of Diaspora themselves, the Pogues, who were a London Irish band starting off there in the late 70s and into the 80s. Well, we're going to start off straight away, in fact, with an absolute belter. And here we have the Irish Rover and it's the Pogues along with the Dubliners. On the 4th of July, 1806, we set sail from the sweet cove of Cork. We were sailing away with a cargo of bricks for the Grand City Hall in New York. Twas a wonderful craft she was rigged for the nap. Oh, how the wild wind drove her She stood several blasts She had twenty-seven masts And they called her the Irish Rover We had one million bikes Of the best lawyer rights We had two million barrels of stone We had three million sides Of our blind horses' hides We had four million barrels of bones We had five million hogs Six million dogs Seven million barrels of ports, sir. We had eight million piles of old nanny ghost tiles and a whole of the Irish Rover. There was old Mickey Cute who played hard on his flute when the ladies lined up for a set. He was tootled with skill for each sparkling quadrille till the dancers were fluted and bet. With his smart, witty talk, 
He was cock of the walk And he rolled the dames under and over They all knew at a glance When he took up his stance That he sailed in the Irish Rover Of the leader was Hogan from Chelsea to Hull. There was Johnny McGurk, who was scarce of a work, and a man from Westmead come along. There was Slugger, all told, who was drunk as a rule, and fighting Bill Tracy from Dover. And your man, McCann, from the banks of the bank, was the skipper and the Irish Rover. For the sailor, it's always a bother in life. It's so lonesome by night and by day That he longs for the shore And a charming young whore Who will melt all his troubles away All the noise and the rout Swilling pudgeen and stout For him soon is done and over Of the love of a maid He is never afraid That our soul from the Irish Rover We have sailed seven years From the measles broke out and the ship lost its way in the fog And that whale of a clue Was reduced out the two Just myself and the captain's old dog And the ship struck a rock Oh Lord, what a shock The boat, it was turned right over Turned nine times around And the poor old dog was drowned And Our good friend John Grenham shared an interesting post on his blog a while back. About halfway down the post, he showed us a chart showing the number of people of a certain heritage in the USA versus the population in their own home country. For example, there are almost 50 million people in the USA who claim German ancestry, but there are twice that number of people living in Germany. However, when you come to Ireland on the chart, you quickly spot a difference. While there are over 30 million people of Irish ancestry in the US, there are less than 6 million people living on the island of Ireland. I must say, this the illustration really drives home just how much Irishness exists outside this island of ours. Of course, over 90% of the readers on our Letter from Ireland live outside Ireland, and maybe you're one of them. So it's no wonder that we receive so many stories illustrating the strong-rooted Irish heritage across villages, towns and cities all over the world. 
Right, so let me share just one of those stories with you. It comes from Mylan Spooner of Syracuse, New York, and she talks about the Irish institutions of her hometown and one very unique feature in particular. Now, here's what Mylan wrote to Mike. Good morning, Mike. Hope this message finds you and your family well. I wanted to share with you some of the Irish influence that has made a place in the hearts of the people of Syracuse, New York. Syracuse is located in upstate New York and has little neighbourhoods that have their own flair of the culture of each nationality. One area of about 12 square blocks is Tipperary Hill, which has retained good old-fashioned values that resonates with my mother's family surname, McManus. There you'll find quite a few establishments that stand proud to be Irish. Our Irish import store is the Cashel House, and that's located on the west end of the city. And across the way is Coleman's Authentic Irish Pub, which was established in 1933. There's also a Celtic influence in Stone Throwers Monument Park. While it isn't much of a park, you'll find a bronze statue of the stone throwers and the famous green over red traffic light. It's the only one of its kind in Syracuse and possibly the only one in the United States. You see, in 1925, the city of Syracuse was divided into north, south, east and west. New traffic lights were also installed and in Stone Throwers Park, a standard Red over green light was installed in keeping with the other traffic lights in the city. But there were several individuals that took a stand seeing the red of England over the green of Ireland symbol in this traffic light. They throw stones at the light on a regular basis. So the light was replaced with green over red. And so you will find it there to this day. In my quest to learn of my family roots, I'm interested to see how much of the traditional Irish influence is really there in many places around the world. So thank you for letting me share with you a little piece of the motherland that has found a place here in the States. So with that, I wish you and yours a good day, Mylan Spooner. Well, thank you very much for that, Mylan, and for sharing that vivid picture of Irishness running through your own hometown. I must admit, here in Ireland, we would probably argue more over the green and orange traffic lights. More of that another day. But my love, by the gasworks wall, dreams a dream by the old canal. I kiss my girl by the factory wall, dirty old town, dirty old town. Drifting across the moon Cats are prowling on their beams 
streets at night Dirty old town Dirty old town certainly a band with a great swagger about them isn't it so we have the pogues there with uh, the old pete seeger song dirty old town and i guess the dirty old town indeed was the syracuse and all those old mill towns back in the mid 1800s to late 1800s of uh, especially northeast of the usa and uh, over in england and the north of england and so on and so forth plenty of those mill towns dirty old towns around the place so we're going to continue now with our theme of the most Irish of towns outside Ireland and we're going to switch to another one and this other one is in the USA as well and it's the city of Baltimore and of course Baltimore well you might know this of course but we know Baltimore very well here in Ireland as being a place uh, a little village in fact down in West Cork called Baltimore which comes from the Irish um, so indeed um, you might suspect that the actual city of Baltimore over in the US might be named after that particular Irish village of Baltimore, but that is not the case. So over to Karina now to find out a little bit more. Let me begin today by asking you a question. If you were to pull out a map of your own local area, how many places would you spot named after Irish villages or towns and counties? As you may have noticed, Anywhere the Irish settled in numbers, they also brought along the names of their Irish home places. 
Have you noticed any Irish place names transplanted to the area around your home? Maybe you're not even aware they are. I'd like to share with you how the background to one of those transplanted Irish place names came to be. Let's head to County Longford, or to give it the longer name, Longford of the O'Farrells. Longford's a small county in the middle of Ireland with a population of 40,000 across the entire county. But back in 1586, the county was created or shired and a number of individual families were granted lands and titles in the area. One of these individuals was George Calvert. In 1624, he was made Lord Baltimore of Baltimore Manor, County Longford. The title was held in succession by his family until it was extinguished in 1771. Baltimore was an anglicised name which comes from the Irish Balia on Tig Vor, and this translates as a town or place or homeland of the big houses. These days we find Balia within many anglicised Irish place names, the majority of which start with Bally, and I'm sure you can think of a few of those. But our story doesn't finish there. As you may have guessed or know full well, the son of the first Baron of Baltimore, known as Cecil Calvert, administered much of the family's lands in the British colony of Maryland. When the town of Baltimore, Maryland, was founded in 1729, it was named after Cecil Calvert, this second Baron Baltimore. And so an Irish place name, Balia on Tigvoor, came to be anglicised to Baltimore and then was transplanted to a place many thousands of miles from that piece of land in County Longford that held the name originally. Now, the curious thing is that today there is no sign of Baltimore in County Longford and no one is quite sure where it's located as the name fell out of use in the vicinity many centuries ago. However, the name Baltimore lives on in its twin city across the Atlantic. We do have another Baltimore in Ireland, a port fishing village just a few miles outside the town of Skibbereen, County Cork, where the Baltimore name lives on. But as they say, that's a story for another day. Later we had our first taste of whiskey There was uncles giving lectures on 
rich in Irish history The men all started telling jokes And the women they got frisky By five o'clock in the evening Every bastard there was pissy Very well gone away There's nothing left to say Farewell to New York City boys The Boston NPA He took them out with a well on cloud And I often heard him say I'm a freeborn man of the USA He fought the champ in Pittsburgh And he slashed him to the ground on tiny Tartanella and it only went one round He never had no time for rights for drink or dice or horse But he never threw a fight when a fight was right So they sent him to the war Very well gone away There's nothing left to say West Archer Joe and an errant gold My love's in America The calling of the rosary Spanish wine from far away I'm a freeborn man of the USA Love you, I always did, I always will Fairly well gone away There's nothing left to say But to say adieu to your eyes as blue As the water in the bay To picture and toward a man of war Who was often heard to say I'm a freeborn man of the USA I'm a freeborn man of the USA I'm a freeborn man of the USA doing it there in their own inimitable style and then we had the body of an american and in fact i played that because and i don't know if you remember but there was a series back oh i'd say it's about 15 years ago now called the wire on tv and once i certainly once i managed to tune into the accents because they're fairly all over the place it was a fascinating look into the various social aspects of the city of Baltimore. That same city there that Karina was actually talking about just before that piece of music. 
And um, as part of that, actually, every time uh, a policeman actually died in the actual series, uh, the, his compatriots gathered in a local pub for a wake of sorts. And they always started to sing that very, very particular song, The Body of an American, which uh, I think, you know, is probably very appropriate because certainly for me anyway, it reflects that aspect of kind of both a celebration of somebody's life at the same time as people gathering and kind of honoring that person's moving on as well. So the body of an American there, and that's the Pogues. Uh, I do hope you actually enjoyed this week's show. It's certainly been a lot of fun putting it together. And and the most Irish of towns outside Ireland. But, you know, of course, you probably have your own idea as to what the most Irish of neighbourhoods, towns, villages, etc. might be. But, you know, we had a bit of fun connecting two very specific ones there and chatting about uh, stories about both. So I hope you enjoyed today's show. Do take a moment wherever you are to leave a comment, uh, perhaps in a forum, if you're in a forum at the moment, or indeed give a rating if you can inside whatever player you're in, like Apple Podcasts, etc., etc., and take a moment to subscribe if you can, uh, because it really does make a difference to us, and uh, we really, really want to see this show getting out to as many people who are interested in their Irish heritage around the world as possible. So that's it from myself, Mike, and from Karina also, and until we chat again next week, Slán for If you've enjoyed today's Letter from Ireland show, we'd like to invite you to check out our special membership area, The Green Room. You hear us mention it a lot during the show. And you can find full details of The Green Room at letterfromireland.com forward slash green room. Our Green Room is the essential resource for anybody at any stage in researching their Irish heritage. Because it's where we delve into all the good stuff to help you break down those brick walls and really connect the pieces in your Irish ancestry puzzle. In the green room, you get access to online genealogists, extensive research tools, quick win training, as well as member-only access to johngrenham.com and a very supportive, active community to help you along the way with feedback and advice. The Green Room is the perfect place to be for anybody starting or continuing their Irish ancestry search. So why don't you come and join us there at a letterfromireland.com forward slash green room. That's it for me, but I'll be back next time with another installment of the Letter from Ireland show. And I really look forward to chatting to you then. Slán Gafol, Karina. <laughs>